It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Yahoo! Here we go. Hope you guys all had a great weekend, and here we are, back to the big show. Hello, everybody in the chat room. So today, we are going to listen to some of the cool music that our staff, not, not the screeners necessarily, but the staff, um, selected as stuff that they would put, uh, that they wanted to put in the top 10 on the website. Um, I want to let you know that this stuff isn't, it doesn't mean top 10 like out of everything we heard in the last 30 days. These are the 10 best songs necessarily. Uh, it's just stuff that the screeners flagged as potential top 10s. And then the staff, the A&R staff, um, who run the screeners and take care of all that kind of stuff, listen to it and go, yeah, that'd be cool. So it's just stuff that they like that uh, I want to play for you. We're going to start doing that uh, once a month when it comes out. So here we go. Um, let's see who we've got in the room. Jim Brown, Glenn Letts, Edmund Red, Pete Mason, Peter Rahill, Chris Anderson, Debbie Ward, John Lindemann, Alan Hall, Lamar Pecorino, uh, the House of L Entertainment, Terrell Beckless, Martin Gravel, Pierre Venio, L Harrison, Marion Laird, Carrie Harchin, Dave Freeland, uh, Jim Stamper. Hello, everybody. How are you? Okay. So you guys ready to hear some music? Also, um, for those of you who might be new in the chat room, when we do this sort of thing, we don't uh, taxi. The taxi crowd is unlike some of the people you might find online elsewhere. Oh, you know, I don't like that song or it sucks because of this or that. It's, you know, it's a supportive community. So keep the comments supportive. Um, you can note cool stuff that you hear that you like. Um, but yeah, you don't need to say, wow, I'd have the hi-hat up louder or the chorus doesn't pop enough. Uh, those are different shows that we do where we actually analyze it. So this is all just about listening, uh, kind of getting a feel for what your other members are doing. Um, just making sure you guys have me, right? You guys can hear me and see me. All good. Before I hit play on the music. <laughs> Okay, I see a hi, Michael, and Liz is saying yes. Great, all right. So the first thing we're going to listen to, and honestly, I've only listened to a couple little snippets of this stuff to do level checks. So it, most of it is new to me. A couple of them I've heard in the context of other shows, I think. Um, and I'm not sure. Some of these are going to be instrumentals, and some are going to be songs. They don't all necessarily tell me in the titles whether the songs are instrumentals. So let's have a listen. This first one is called Dark Shadows. It's by Mizuho Yamamoto. Dark Shadows.
And there we have it. Uh, let's see. A couple people have said it's buffering. I've got good signal strength here. Nothing weird going on. Um, I'm looking around to see if there's anything that I should be shutting down, but no. Don't know. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I have no idea why it's buffering. I've got, I'm jacked into my Ethernet. I've got good signal. Everything is good. Um, right. And I saw that Andre asked if we're listening, what listings these things were submitted for. And frankly, we're not listening in that context. Yes, they were probably submitted. They were definitely submitted to a listing at some point in the last 30 days. But uh, by the time it makes it to the top 10 list, that becomes irrelevant. It's just about, uh, do we like it? Isn't it cool? It's that, just purely listening uh, for enjoyment purposes. And Dave King says, buffering a bit. Uh, yeah, hopefully it'll stop. I have no idea. Um, anyway, that was pretty cool. That was a well-constructed cue. Sounded good. Um, construction of it was good. Everything about it was groovy. All right, uh, this next band we actually heard from in the context of another listening session we did about a month ago. Um, this one is called Smile, and it is by Ticker Tape Parade. With hell from
Yeah. Pretty awesome. I remember that band, Ticker Tape Parade, from, I can't remember if we were listening to Forwards from a Listing about a month ago, and one of their songs was, I think two of their songs, actually. You know what it was for? The $40,000 uh, commercial, TV commercial listing that was asking for hard rock stuff that they could use for a theme for the soft drink commercial. Um, anyway, really, really well done. Well written, well produced, well engineered. Speaking of well-engineered, um, many of you who are regulars here know that I recently got Logic Pro, uh, I don't know, back in October, I think. <clears throat> and I had some time this past weekend to play around with a little bit more. I uh, bought some Waves. I got the Waves LA3 compressor limiter. Um, what else did I get? Uh, the Abbey Road plates and something else. Can't remember. So anyway, I, I basically spent the better part of Saturday uh, with headphones on, not earbuds, but actual headphones, uh, listening to all the different compressors that come in, in uh, Logic and the stuff that I downloaded. And I was listening and thinking, you know, so many people get all these great tools with all these uh, DAWs, but they may not know anything about compression or engineering or, you know, like the physics of sound or the art of mixing. And I found a video that's a very old video by YouTube standards. I believe that it probably dates back to the early to mid 90s. Um, called The Art of Mixing, and it was two hours and change long, and I watched it a little bit last night and the rest of it this morning. It's old school, but the information is so incredibly good that I'm featuring it in the upcoming Taxi newsletter, so I strongly urge you guys um, to to watch this video in its entirety. It's like going to school for four years for audio engineering. And yeah, you know, I mean, there's some references to like using compression so that you can get more level on tape and avoid tape hiss, things like that. Things that are dated, but I would say 95% of the stuff in that video is really, really actionable um, advice. I strongly recommend it for beginners. I also strongly recommend it for intermediate engineers even like serious engineers that have been doing it for years and really have a handle on things should still watch it. It's that good. Um, buffering for the last two minutes. I don't know what to tell you guys. I'm looking at all my indicators on my end. I've got no drop packets. I've got good output. I've got no red lights, no yellow lights, nothing. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. It's from the source. It's not on our end. I don't know what the source is, though. I mean, it's got to be a YouTube problem because I'm not seeing anything on this end. You know, it's leaving here, okay? Um, anyway, I'm sorry. Whoopsie, buffer, shoot. I don't know why. I'm literally not seeing any red or yellow lights. I'm looking at all my indicators. Everything is good. Weird. I'm looking at, you know, are, are you hearing it when I talk as well as when the music's playing? And you're seeing it in the video as well? Uh, Rick White, the title is The Art of Mixing by David Gibson. Uh, he's got a bunch of sections, like shorter sections that are like 10 or 20 minutes long. 
there's a re-upload of the entire course put together by a third-party site on YouTube. So if you just uh, search on YouTube for The Art of Mixing by David, David Gibson, um, he does have a very 90s, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, kind of a mullet haircut. Um, and it's just so good. Um, one of the things I really liked about it is remember when I took all my kids like little plastic tables and chairs out in the backyard years ago, like 10 years ago, and spaced them out in the backyard to show kind of like the the horizon of, of audio, <laughs> where things should go, the kick should go here, the bass should go there, background vocals out there, the mountain in the distance is like background vocals with reverb. It's that kind of stuff on steroids. He also goes into very specific things about EQ and about compression and reverb, incredibly well explained. Um, you don't have to be technical at all to get it. And the graphics that he uses are just, they're dated looking, but they're really, really good. Um, can't be Wi-Fi overload because I'm jacked into, uh, into my ethernet. So not that. Yeah, uh, like I'm saying, I'm only using 11% of my CPU. My output is right where it should be. I've got no drop packets. I've got no red lights, no yellow lights, all good. Uh, uh, hello, Polly. how are you, buddy? All right, so that was Smile by Ticker Tape Parade. And this one is called Make Show by Bray Lenny. I don't want to see what you're going to have to say When I switch a pie to you, let the egos play Got my eyes on the prize now Trying to reel it in She wanna play in the devil with me She wanna touch my skin I've been down and dirty mama Come and grab my hand I got the sticky out of the icky on me Gonna pay the man I don't smoke no weed I don't do no drugs But I sip the cup If you feel it Make sure that you feel it Make sure that it's real Make sure when you gripping no, no, you gon' just a kill. Make sure that you feel it. Make sure that it's real. If the stage was a game and we all had to play, I'ma go ahead and act the same. Get down on the boogie, let it take control. Haters keep hating, don't let them touch your soul. I'll find two with your buttons, don't press too high. I may seem crazy. Make sure that it's real 
guess is the buffering is probably because we're live streaming it on YouTube that uh, it's probably on the input side to the live stream at YouTube. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. If I refire up everything on this end, if, like, if I go offline and then come back online, then it messes up the video that we're saving and it's a disaster. So I'm sorry. Um, somebody suggests, I think it was Glenn Letts, about you know, taking your little cursor, your timeline thing, going back 60 seconds on the video, that may may help. Um, I hit refresh, Marion Laird says, and it helped for a few seconds. Well, um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Um, anyway, that was Make Show by Bray Lenny, or Lenai, I'm not sure. Um, the next one is called It's Your Vibe. It's an instrumental and it's by Becca Lynn. Uh, Lexicon to not 224, whatever the one after the, the newer version of Lexicon 228 or whatever it was to whatever. Um, just like everything you could possibly want and a mic locker that people would literally give up a finger for. I mean, just incredible stuff in that room. And I've got to tell you, I'm so impressed with Logic Pro, just all the things that it's got. And even the stuff that comes with it, the, the drums that they've got in there sound great. Um, I haven't done any MIDI work in there because I never learned MIDI because I was a microphone wires guy back in the day. Digital didn't exist when I was still making records. Um, uh, digital recording on tape did, but nothing like what we've got now. But just like listening to the compressors that come free with Logic, blowing my mind the other day, absolutely blowing my mind. Listening, uh, I mean, clearly they're knockoffs of famous compressors and then a few new ones that um, 
they've knocked off. Um, there's one that's got a red face on it that looks really familiar. They've got another one that's clearly a knockoff of an 1176, another one that's a knockoff, I believe, of a DBX-160, which was one of my go-to compressors back in the day. And I'm listening to all this stuff just going, it, it sounds great. Um, using the EQ, they've got a knockoff of uh, Neve 1073 in there that sounds amazing. Just incredible. The reverb they've got sounds amazing. I was a little underwhelmed, actually. I downloaded the um, Abbey Road plates because um, they had a sale at Waves the other day where it was like buy two, get one free. And stuff was like 29 to $39 per plug-in. And then you got a third one for free. I got the uh, the Abbey Road uh, plates that I, I used plates a lot back in the day. Um, I don't love those plates, I've got to say, but I haven't used them really on anything musical yet. So far, all I did was just loop drums for five minutes and just listen, you know, and, and adjust things. Um, I had the actual plates that Phil Spector owned um, at the height of his career in my room in New York. Uh, they ended up in a, a pretty famous studio that I can't remember the name of right now. The Hit, no, not the Hit Factory, one of the famous New York studios, uh, the one that Phil Ramone owned. And that place went out of business, so they auctioned off all their stuff. And uh, I knew the audio tech over there, so I went over a couple days before the auction because they had like six EMT plates. And he showed me which ones were the Phil Spector plates and we marked them with a grease pencil. So those are the ones that I bid on and those are the ones that I got. They sounded amazing. They just had, they were bright, but not overly bright. The sustain was great. They had a nice sizzle to them on snare drum, just incredible sounding plates. I find that the Abbey Road plates don't sound as good, but I haven't fully exhausted all the parameters yet. Um, yeah, I'm on a Mac. Um, the Midian logic is superior to most other DAWs. That's good to know. Um, sorry, for those people who are watching the archive later, yes, I am scanning. Um, PSP makes an incredible EMT EMT plate reverb. Yeah, see, I'm spoiled. My my, you know, like my bar is set really high, having owned um, the the Phil Spector plates that went to Phil Ramone and then to me. Pretty spoiled. Plus, I started my career at Criteria Studios in the mid '70s, um, and, and they had great sounding plates there and great sounding live chambers. And then the studio that. Uh, I had in Fort Lauderdale for five and a half years, also had great sounding live chambers. So who knows? But, you know, the, the reverbs that come with Logic Pro were incredible sounding. So anyway, I'm looking forward to actually doing something musical with it. But for right now, I'm just learning where things are, what things do, and basically just testing out all the uh, plugins that it's got. And so far, so good. I have worked at the Power Station before. Wow, Power Station Studio A. Wow, wow, wow. Probably my favorite room ever. The 
just the live room in Studio A at the Power Station, um, which was Tony Bon Jovi's studio in New York. It's now called Avatar, I believe, if it's still in business. I think it is. Uh, I remember I was... I actually called Tony Bon Jovi one day. I was coming to New York to do some mastering, I think, and I needed to edit something. So I uh, called Bon Jovi and he let me in the control room of Studio A. Um, oh gosh, who was the band? I can't remember. Some famous band was in there working, but they had kind of more or less a day off. Um, and somebody was sitting in the middle of the room with nothing but a snare drum and a stool and just whacking the snare drum. So I opened up the room mic that was like 20 feet high up in the ceiling. And just the room sound was just incredible there. I love that place. Um, anyway, how's the buffering? Has it calmed down? Uh, I've heard great things about Convolution Reverb. I've heard great things about it. Um, no more buffering. Okay, so yeah, I've yeah, I've got all the Tune Track stuff. They gave me the entire library of stuff about four years ago, so I don't have like the most updated stuff or any new products. Uh, but I look forward to using that. I've got Superior Drummer, but friends of mine that have you know, like Superior Drummer or maybe Slate Drums, tell me that they love the drums equally as much, if not even a little more, that comes standard with Logic Pro. So for right now, I'm just using that. All right, so moving on, let's listen to some more music. Um, this one is called Stardust, and it's by Dave Tate and Victoria Lagerstrom, and which are, the band name is Many Miles. And it does fade in. I have heard parts of this one. Um, so it fades up in the beginning. So it's not me running the level too low. Okay, here we go. Stardust.
Stardust by Dave Tate and Victoria Lagerstrom, also known as Many Miles. I looked at them over the weekend. Um, they hit my radar from something else taxi related. So it turns out that not only does she have a beautiful voice, but she is a former Miss Sweden. So as the story goes, she's a singer and she heard some of Dave Tate's stuff and she actually tracked him down and said, I'd like to collaborate with you. And I believe that now they're a couple in the romantic sense. So Dave, whatever you had going on that made her track you down, uh, that led to you becoming a couple, congratulations. Well played, my friend, well played. Cause she is a very, very, very pretty lady with a very pretty voice. Um, yep, former Miss Sweden. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, there he is. Did I get the story right, Dave? (laughs) 
Dave is in the chat room. I want to know. Is that, I read that story online somewhere. I think in your bio, maybe in your website. Um, um, waiting. A little delay here on the answer. Um, I nailed it. Yay. <laughs> Good. Uh, anyway, congratulations to you two. Uh, just great sound, great song, great vocal, great production, great engineering. Everything about it is just nailing it. So uh, you nailed it, my friend. All right. Um, moving on, this next one is called Crush on My Hometown, and this was written by Karen Fraden. Every time I come back home The auburn leaves from all the trees Make the water seem to glow We were just kids up on Cobb's Hill The first time you kissed me It was then and there that my love affair With our town became a thing I remember the buzz of that homecoming crowd When nights together on that old playground Under the bridge where everything went down Yeah, I have a crush on my That was Crush on My Hometown by Karen Fraden. Um, I see people commenting in the chat room. Really good stuff tonight. There is so much good music coming out of Taxi, or Taxi members, I should say. Um, it, it just keeps getting better and better every year. Um, so, yeah, that's what this is. You know, we call it Top Ten. I guess we should come up with a better name for it, but we've been calling it Top Ten for years, and it's just kind of 
hung around, but it's just music that the screeners will tag. We, we've got the screeners trained that if they hear something that they think would be good for the top 10, they let the A&R staff members know, and then the staff members put it all into a bucket, if you will, kind of a digital bucket, um, and then they bounce it around the staff and they go, yeah, let's include this one, let's include that one, and they try and mix it up so that we don't have too many of a particular genre. If they find something cool in a genre that's not represented often, they include that just to get a little more diversity in the genres. Um, so that's yeah, incredibly good stuff. All right. This one is called New Age and it's by Dark Station.
Wow. Impressive. Um, I'm going to go back one page because, yep, sure enough, those guys are Taxi's featured artist on our webpage at Taxi.com for January 2021. Um, and now we know why, don't we? <laughs> really good. Um, and, and I thought, you know, from an engineering perspective, I could hear everything in there. It didn't sound like a wall of white noise, which uh, sometimes intensely hard rock like that can sound to me anyway. Uh, okay. Let's see how many more I've got. Oh, I got plenty of time. Oh, somebody had a question I wanted to answer. Oh, well, um, I, I lost it. It's scrolled off the page already. Um, I will say, going back to Dave Tate for a moment, Dave, I think that you should write your memoirs uh, and they should be called I Was Stalked by Miss Sweden. <laughs> uh, all right, this one is called No Fly List. I did hear a little bit of this one. I believe it's an instrumental, although the, the photo on it looks like a... a a full band. <laughs> Maybe it's just a group of people hanging out. I don't know. It's a thumbnail, so I can't really tell. Um, no Fly List by Free Radicals. Thank you. 
Got a sticky button. Anyway, that was No Fly List by Free Radicals. I'm going to play the intro. I don't know if anybody picked up on this, but uh, people are saying, gee, that sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, Santana Claus, right. Or no, uh, Cisco Kid from the band War. Remember? Or Steely Dan. Um, uh, Ricky, don't lose that number. Uh, which song had that? I don't know. Okay, and now we're moving on to one called Used to Be by the Ragamuffs, which is my favorite band name of the day. Let's have a listen. Without 
<laughs> Love that ending. Very interesting. Um, uh, the one before, uh, what was it called? Um, no Fly List. Uh, sounded like something that could have been used in one of the Ocean's Eleven movies. Um, somebody said, organ with portamento. Always wondered how they get that out of the olive and into the organ. Um, and by the way, uh, so I signed up for HBO Max last weekend so we could watch the new Wonder Woman, which not so good. Uh, but I figured, you know what? The whole, well, most of the family was home. We were having a family movie night with the fireplace going. So I spent 13 bucks or whatever it was to get a month of it and uh, a little disappointing. But then I kept hearing, I think it was actually Liz that mentioned it and another friend of ours mentioned it, a series called The Flight Attendant uh, with Kaylee Kuko, if that's how you pronounce her last name from, um, oh gosh, uh, what show was she on? The sitcom that was like, I always say friends with nerds. <clears throat> anyway, I gotta say, uh, Liz, you're absolutely right. We actually binged the flight attendant uh, Saturday night and Sunday night. We watched all eight episodes in two nights, and it was great. Big Bang Theory. Thank you, Edmund. I can never remember the name of BBT. But um, it was. it's not what you think it's going to be in the first episode. It just keeps getting better and better and better, and I found out last night that they are actually doing a second season, so yay. Um Really, really good show. Uh, all right. So now we're moving on to the last one, which is called Bullets Ballet, and it's by Warner Borgia, and I believe that I saw Warner in the room earlier, right? Uh, Warner, raise your hand if you're still here, because we're about to listen to your music. So let's have a listen to Bullets Ballet.
And there you have it. Warner, are you in the room or did you uh, go make a sandwich? Uh, anyway, it was a great piece. Really, really good job. And yes, we actually have had like three listings for Electro Swing, I would say, in the last five or six weeks. Um, really, really good. Uh, Dow Brain says, Real Trumpet definitely puts it into the next level. You know, gotta say, that's the secret. So many listings will actually say if you can add, if you're doing a, a MIDI driven track and you want to make it real, just add one or two real instruments. Um, it, 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 the brain keys in on that makes it feel real. Um, I'd probably call it electro swing, although I've got to say I'm not nearly as expert on genres as our screeners are. Um, speakeasy vibe, yep. Wow. Warner must have gone to make a sandwich. Um, I don't know what I, I mean. It's obviously 30s. Um, prohibition swing. There you go. Electro gypsy jazz. I don't know about that. Anyway, so that's it. Um, if you want to hang out, we've got time uh or we could just do a short episode today i feel like we all got a bit of a workout with the uh with the buffering um is the buffering's not a thing right so clearly it was a youtube issue um Yeah, very fun track, very usable as well. You know, a couple times I saw people, I'm so proud of you guys. I saw people in the chat room uh, when they would hear something going, yeah, this is very usable, which is my favorite term for stuff that's applicable for film and TV. And it's obvious, you know, I mean, we're all learning this together that when you hear something that you know would work in the context of film and TV, it's pretty obvious. Um, play Cisco Kid again. <laughs> Do you know, here's a little taxi trivia for you. Uh, the guitar player in the band War, um, I don't know that he was the guitar player in the 70s when War first hit the, the, you know, the, the marketplace, if you will, or the airwaves, but um, the guitar player Stuart, I can't remember Stuart's last name, but Stuart was a taxi screener for four or five years. He was also the guitar player in War. So I got to go see them a couple times when they played here in L.A. Got to say, great band. Um, and it's funny, everybody knows their music because uh, the stuff gets licensed all the time. Anyway, uh, do you guys want to hang out for a little while, do some Q&A or... So how much are these guys getting paid for these tracks? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's not like, well, that one was $100 and that one was $500. It all depends on what it gets licensed for. All right, so you want to hang out. No more music? I've got no more music. Um, 
Yes, uh, the monthly top 10 songs are actually on the homepage. If you go to taxi.com and scroll down the homepage, you will see them every month. Uh, Carrie, you will know what you're doing about mixing after you watch the video that I'm going to put out in the newsletter. Do many artists want songs? Um, we're, you know, it's funny. Uh, it used to be back in the day that publishers would sign writers. They would put them on kind of a you know, retainer basis against future royalties. They would give them somewhere between twenty-five and $100,000 a year. The writers would turn in a dozen songs that had to be over the bar for the publisher, quality bar. Um, and then the publishers would go out and pitch them to artists signed to labels. But now so much stuff is done by writing camps where you've got four, five, six, seven writers on any particular song. Um, so we see less of that, but we see people looking for top liners. There are a lot of great people who are track people that build incredibly good tracks, but they're not so great with, you know, words in, uh, melody and lyrics. So they look for top liners. We've been running some listings for that lately. Um, we've been running some listings from incredibly well-known DJs that have huge followings and tons of action online as far as number of spins on Spotify and what have you. And they're looking for pop songs um, that they can remix. So uh, all that stuff is true. Um, and yeah, we still do country um, is, is the one genre that comes instantly to mind is the it's not the only genre that people still look for songs, but it is probably the one where we see the most requests for songs. Um, it's funny, the other day uh, I was forwarded an email from somebody that was complaining that our taxi screener screening country music, and we've actually got several, but uh, this person was complaining they clearly don't know what the hell is up, what's going on with country music today in Nashville. Um, on the road, they don't know, blah, 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 blah. I had to bite my lip because I believe that all three, three out of four country screeners that we have working for us right now are actually based in Nashville and they're actual working publishers like with incredible resumes um, and they are screening music for us. Uh, they kind of come and go depending on, you know, whether they're busy or not, but the the particular listing that this person or the particular critique that this person was complaining about um, saying the screener didn't know what the hell they were doing was actually screened by a, a well-known publisher in Nashville. I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, sometimes top lining is actually getting a track and creating music and, and uh, melody and lyric or on top of the track. Uh, other times there are top liners that will create a melody and a lyric and then hand it to a track person who will build it going the other way. I'd say probably 80% of the time, though, it's a track that gets melody and lyric added after the fact.
Thank you, Lucian. Appreciate the compliment. Um, any questions? <laughs> Maybe I should sign off and let you guys just hang out in the chat room. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything, um, any topics, but I don't have anything. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what to do. By the way, um, if you are new to this chat, new to the show, um, don't forget to hit the, the red subscribe button. Don't forget to give us a like. Um, and uh, just know that on Mondays we do regular Taxi TV, which is actually more structured. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays we do what's called the Quarantini Happy Hour. And that goes from 4 to 5 o'clock Los Angeles time. And that's just a, a loose hangout. It started when lockdowns happened and we all just wanted a place to hang out with other musicians. Um, and some days that's structured, some days not so much. Um, I've been getting a lot of complaints in the comments lately from people saying, can't believe you guys just sit there and talk about nothing. Uh, so the, apparently they don't know that the Quarantini happy hours are largely shows about nothing. Could be gophers, could be talking about fishing. Uh, but I've seen probably a half dozen of those comments in the last four or five days. Um, and oh, well. I don't know what to say. Hope they don't get a bad impression of us. Um, I actually interviewed a, uh, I had a great video editor for two years in a row at the Taxi Road Rally, our convention, live on stage with a, like a nine foot by 12 foot screen. And she actually brought a segment of a, of a reality show that's currently on TV and we hooked her up with, I don't know, two or 300 tracks from a music library. And she sat there and talked us through, she was wearing a boom microphone, uh, and talked us through the whole process of, okay, so here's, she called it a beat. Within a scene, you've got beats, like something's happening, that's a beat. We're not talking beat like boom, boom, boom. We're talking a beat is, I could be talking about the video editor and then somebody else talks about, oh yeah, my car broke down. So that's one beat, then that's the other beat. So she was explaining, okay, so for this beat, I need this kind of music. And it's funny, she didn't talk about genres so much as she did. I need something that's emotionally uplifting and fun and quirky here. So she would use descriptors like that. And then she um, would go into the to the library and audition stuff and listen for a couple of seconds, listen for a few seconds, another one, another one, another one. That one's got potential, so she would drop it in. She might chop it up a little bit, move it around. Clearly they don't use, you know, like the whole 90 seconds or two minutes of an instrumental cue. So she did all that and she was such a great teacher, uh, an amazing teacher that we actually brought her back again the next year and she keynoted the road rally because I wanted everybody, we know the ballroom is always filled at the beginning of the road rally and we really wanted everybody to hear what she had to say and she just knocked it out of the park. The problem with doing that in this context is because I could get her back, I know two or three editors that would be great at doing it. The problem is, is all the music cues and getting permission. We had to get permission to use the video and it could only be used in the ballroom. I've got an audio recording of the session, but I can't take that content, which belongs to a production company or one of the networks and put that out on a taxi YouTube. So sadly, can't do it. 
uh, Aza Kuti, uh there's no way to say how much these tracks get on average. It depends on, you know, if something like that 30s piece that we just heard, the electro swing piece, if they use, you know, 24 seconds of that in the context of a reality show, it might, it depends which network it's on, what time of day it's on, how many seconds of it are used, is it featured, is it background, is it background source? All these things go into the calculation of what the creator gets paid. So it could be literally, it could be, you know, a dollar seventy-five. It could be $55, it could be $312. There's just no way to predict. It's not like somebody says, hey, I'll give you $500 to put this in my show and that's it. There's the performance side. Um, reality shows rarely, if ever, pay sync fees, so there is no upfront money. Um, a, a drama, uh, you know, like a 60-minute a, a drama on ABC, um, would probably pay a sync fee of somewhere between $2,500 and $5,000. That's the upfront fee that you get paid. Uh, and you would likely split it with your publisher. And so you'd get half of that. And then you would also get the performance royalties, which again are determined by which network it's on, what time of day it plays, the audience size, um, how many seconds of the music, and is the music featured and upfront. Um, is it background? Is it background source? Meaning it's like coming from ostensibly from a jukebox or speakers and ceiling at a restaurant, that sort of thing. So there's just no way to say um, how much they get paid. It's not a cash and carry kind of thing. Any other questions? <laughs> All right, well, no other questions. Let's call it a day. There's no law that says the episodes have to be. Um, an hour and a half, a uh, random question. There's a question. Uh, which genres tend to get the most submissions and which ones get fewer submissions? Um, are you asking because you're wondering about how the competition is? Um, yeah, no Miami shirt today. <laughs> um, Hip-hop gets tons of requests and tons of usages. Basically, anything that's currently on the radio probably gets the most, those genres get the most requests because most shows want music that sound like what's currently happening in the market. More obscure stuff um, gets fewer requests and fewer placements. But there is no such thing as competition with your fellow taxi members. So if you're thinking, okay, my strategy is gonna be, I'm gonna submit music for a, a genre that doesn't get a lot of requests because then I'll be just one of a few people, therefore I increase my chances of getting forwarded and signing a deal. It's not true and here's why. It's because we forward anything and everything that is over the quality bar and is a good stylistic match for what the listing company requested. So uh, we could have a case, we've had cases where we run a listing for um, instrumental um, percussion cues. 
just percussion, nothing else, no melody, no vocal. Uh, and, and we'll get 300, 400, 500 submissions. I think once we had more like six, seven or 800 for one of those things. Um, and, and frankly, a lot of it is really good. So a lot of it gets forward. I just used an example the other day. I was doing a new taxi member, like introductory hangout to get them up to speed in a hurry. And, and we had one, I want to say we had 240 forwards which is a staggering amount of music to send to a library. So we reached out to the library owner who we have a, a longstanding and close relationship with and said, look, we found 240 pieces of music for your request that are all over the quality bar. Um, and you're thinking, well, you know, you, I mean, not him, the, the library owner, you would think they would say, well, narrow it down to the best 10, but they're all over the quality bar and they're all stylistically on target. So what we did was we broke it up into four batches of like 60 each and sent it every other day so that he didn't feel overwhelmed. But there really is no competition with your fellow members. The competition happens when the music is forwarded to the library. You know, sometimes they're trying to build up a new or build up a genre. Maybe they've got a bunch of orchestral cues, but they signed most of that stuff eight or 10 years ago and samples are much better now and the quality of work that comes in from you guys is much better now so oftentimes libraries want to refresh those categories and, and get newer better sounding music um maybe they don't have a lot of stuff that's hybrided with synthesizers and they need some of that so they could ask for, you know, run a listing like that. They might need 20, 30, 40, 50 new pieces for that genre in their library. Then again, they may run a listing looking for, you know, 30 sounding electro swing because they work uh, with the TV show every week and that TV show has uh, a scene that requires that kind of music. So the library really only needs three or four pieces that then they and they need them in a hurry that they would then send to the music supervisor. So there's so many variables involved that it's just hard to say anything is kind of not a variable or it's etched in stone. There are always variables involved. That's what keeps it interesting. Heidi got a forward on Friday. Yay, good way to start the weekend, right? <laughs> Peter Rahill, next week's drink word is quality bar. If you're over quality, over the quality bar, I'm assuming you mean, uh, you should get feedback letting you know the quality was perfect, but you didn't make the top 10 uh, or a refund or a credit back to your account. Um, there is no top 10. That's the thing is there is no top. I mean, we have a top 10 on the website, but that's just for fun. It's not the top 10 that we send out to the industry. Um, and if you're qual if you are over the quality bar, uh, oh, you should get feedback letting you know quality is perfect, but you didn't make the no, that doesn't make sense. Um, uh, 
How soon after you find out that you got to forward to the libraries, receive the songs or instrumentals? Um, immediately. Um, as I've said before in the show, the listing process at Taxi, I believe, is 16 steps from when we get the first email to clarifying with the company running the listing exactly what they mean, because oftentimes they'll say one thing, give us a reference for something else. So there's that clarification stage, then we write up the listing, that's the first draft of it, then it goes to a second person that looks at the listing draft, then it goes to a third person to look at the listing again and read it to make sure that it would make sense for the screeners as well as the members. Then it comes to me and I do one more pass on it before it goes out. Um, it goes after I do my pass, then it goes to somebody that actually checks one more time for typos um, and things like that. Then it gets put into the email program, then it gets sent out to you guys, then you respond, then somebody has to assign the right screeners in the right genre for that listing. They have to look at how many submissions um, we predict are gonna come in kind of based on the velocity at which they're coming in prior to the deadline and knowing that we're gonna get a lot, lot more submissions on the deadline date. So we have to be really good at predicting how many screeners and how many, sometimes we have to start screening in advance of the deadline. If we've got a short deadline to get it to the industry person after the taxi deadline, um, all these things that go into the process. But all that said, most of the time we don't, we have a button that's like, a, for lack of a better word, kind of like a, it's an activate button. Um, it's kind of like a finalize button that when all these processes are done and the music is going off to the client, we hit the activate button and that also triggers our database to send you the emails whether they've been forwarded or returned. There have been cases where we needed to get somebody to a client, um, usually for a taxi dispatch thing, rather quickly, so we will get it out to the client as soon as we're done screening everything. And we double check all the screeners work, by the way. That's one of the 16 steps, is having the head screener go through and double check the screeners work. Um, so there have been certain circumstances where we've seen people post stuff on the forum saying, wow, I, I got a call from a library today saying they got this particular piece of music from Taxi. I hadn't even gotten the email from Taxi yet. That's because we were in a hurry to get it to them because they needed it quickly. So we took care of that process first. Then we hit the activate button that triggered the emails that went to the members. So yeah, those things happen on rare occasions. Generally speaking, um, the stuff will go to the library. And it also depends. If a library, uh, and we don't only have music libraries as clients, by the way, we also have record labels and we also have publishers, regular publishers, not film and TV publishers. Um, so it also depends what their situation is. If we've got a client that we've been working with for years and it's a very comfortable relationship and we know they're just trying to beef up a certain genre in their catalog, they don't really have a particular timeline. Would it be nice if I got it in three or four weeks? Yeah, if, if it's five or six weeks, that's cool too. So if we've got them pre-scheduled to get the music on February 2nd, let's say, and, but all of a sudden we get a couple of like emergency listings for big TV commercials that have to be turned around quickly. 
and we have to assign screeners that might have been screening for the February 2nd deadline, we have to now put them on this new thing because there are experts in that genre for the TV commercial. Then we would slow down on the work or delay the work for the February 2nd listing that was going to the library that had no particular timeline. So it's all a matter of using good judgment and common sense. Michael, there are questions about that. Can you do a short forums 101? Questions about what? Um, I must have missed something, Martin. Oops, I'm reaching for a trackpad that's not there at the moment. Uh, by the way, we don't do stuff on a yes-no basis anymore. Haven't you guys noticed that? We stopped that like a year ago. We changed to a new critique form, and now every single listing, I think every single one, I don't even think there are any exceptions I could bring up, um, everything gets feedback. And yes, Forever is the name. Do you guys give feedback on submitted songs that didn't make it? Absolutely. And just know that the feedback you're getting, we have no uh, people who are new to Taxi or don't really know us well, will say, oh yeah, they've got a room full of interns listening to your music. Absolutely not true. 100% not true. In our entire 28-year history, which by the way, January 15th, I believe, is our 29th anniversary. Uh, and never once in all those years have we used anybody to screen the music other than people whose resumes would make you go, holy crap. Um, they're highly credentialed, highly experienced, highly expert, and we assign people who are expert in those genres specifically to screen that genre of music. So we wouldn't put a country screener on an R&B thing. We wouldn't put a jazz screener on, you know, a disco thing. Um, yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, you can go to taxi.com, our website, uh, taxi.com slash... Uh, you look it up. Uh, go in the top menu bar, go to about, it'll say about taxi and A&R team. Look at the A&R team. That's probably about 80 or 90% of the resumes from our screeners are up there. Um, incredibly talented people. Um, and Martin, I'm still trying to figure out what the questions, uh, the Taxi Forums 101. Uh, what do you want me to tell you? Wow, 527. Oh, how to use the forum and the types of forums. Sure, I can talk about that. Um, I'm going to forums on my other computer for a second. Okay, so the taxi forums have been around, I want to say, 
since 2004. And before that, we had other forums. The new current forum has been around since 2004. Um, and we find that it is one of the greatest tools for musicians anywhere on the internet. And that's not our opinion, that's the opinion of the people who use it. Well, some of the categories in our forums are forwards, uh, which is anybody who would like to post, hey, I got a forward, meaning my music was submitted for a listing and then forwarded to the industry person who asked for it. Um, they can go on there and post the listing that it was forwarded for and the link to the piece of music so that you can hear, oh, that's kind of where the bar is. That's what it took to get forwarded for that listing. So a lot of our members use that. Um, who, the people who are new and don't get a lot of forwards want to hear what was forwarded. So they use that as their point of reference to find out what could I have done better? Was my mix not as good as these mixes? Was my writing not as good as their writing? Um, was I way off base on the genre, which is like 80% of the stuff that doesn't get forwarded by taxi is because it's not a stylistic match. You would be shocked if you sat down and listened to what the screeners do. You would sit there shaking your head going, why did they think that that was this genre? Almost anybody would know that that is clearly, it's not even like a close call. Um, we don't get it, but no explaining it. Uh, under that, we have taxi success stories where a tiny little fraction, sadly, of our members go in and report success stories whether it's publishing deals they've signed, music library deals they've signed, label deals, um, placements in TV shows or commercials. I encourage everybody to please go into the taxi success story thing and post your stories up there so that we can include you in the success stories in the newsletter. Uh, under that, we have the rules, which is basically just the house rules for the forum. Then we've got a frequently asked question place where um, it's all the FAQs that we could think of about the forum and about Taxi that we posted. It's not so much <clears throat> of an interactive thread. Then we've got the Taxi store where you can buy the awesome new merch that we've got. Uh, then we've got a general hangout, which is about, excuse me, getting a dry throat here. Place you can ask questions about anything. <clears throat> and it doesn't only have to be about questions. You can bring stuff up and talk about it there. Um, the biz talk section is one of our most visited sections. People go in there and ask about contracts. They ask about, you know, what are the norms for this aspect of the industry, all that stuff. Um, taxi TV, which I believe is an underused forum. It's where we post what the, um, upcoming episodes are about. If you have any questions about a current episode, Technology recording and production, which is a very uh, well-visited section where people talk about gear. They love gear. Um, we've got a recommended gear section, which people love. Um, got a Your Home Studio uh, gear and photos. Frankly, a lot of people don't post in. I wonder why not. Um, it's funny. I think people have studio envy. They think that they have to have like a really big, sophisticated studio to post in there and you don't. A lot of our members only have a laptop, a pair of speakers, a microphone and a bunch of software and, and a keyboard and that's it. Songwriters Nook, uh, a road rally section where people talk about our convention. Peer-to-peer, um, -peer, which is maybe the most valuable thing on our forum, which is when you're thinking about submitting something, post it up in peer-to-peer. -peer. Say, here's the listing I'd like to submit this for. Do you guys think I'm on target stylistically? And is it up to the quality bar? 
um, taxi review station where people can go on there and talk about um, critiques they've had, whether they like them or they don't like them, if they have questions about the critiques. Um, there's a listing section where people talk about the listings, a dispatch section where people talk about taxi dispatch, um, lyric lovers, um, which is all about lyrics, obviously. Then there's a thing called Couch Grouch Lyrics, which frankly got started in 2004 by uh, one of our staff members at the time was in love with a particular lyricist and he posts new lyrics on there all the time and oddly i'm surprised people go on there and go wow man cool lyric but he posts new lyrics all the time then we've got a shameless self-promotion area which you can talk about hey something great just happened to me i got an award or i'm playing a cool gig we've got a gigage area which i think is way underused and then Collaboration Corner, which is a great place if you are like a track master and you need somebody to do top lining for you, go to Collaboration Corner and post it up. Right now, we've got 259 users online. Um, wow, a year ago on January 20th, we had 5,342 users online simultaneously. Anyway, the cool thing about the forums is that the stuff stays up there forever. It's like a living, breathing encyclopedia versus social media, which stuff goes up for a second and then it's like gone. It's very ephemeral. So it's kind of here today, gone tomorrow. Um, the forum is just years and years of great information. Anyway, that's it. Um, I am going to myself call it a day because now we're three minutes over. I will see you guys tomorrow right here. Don't forget, subscribe if you haven't. Give us a like, please, if you like today's show. See you back here tomorrow for the Taxi Quarantini Happy Hour, which is just an informal hang, kind of like we've been doing here for the last half hour. I bid you a fond farewell. See you manana. Thanks for joining us. Bye, you guys. Bye.